We are on the top of Ein Zayin Amabez 77b in Ksubis as we are on the last page of the 7th parak of the 7th chapter and we will hopefully complete this 7th uh, chapter. The last page has a lot of uh, stories, some esoteric stories um, and uh, we'll go through this. We'll try to give some explanation behind it. Uh, we'll also discuss medical treatments which uh, could be that uh, they no we, we know they no longer apply today, that it might have applied back then, but it doesn't apply today, or perhaps they didn't have the proper medical knowledge, uh, but it, that, those medical treatments would not apply today. So we are about seven lines down from the top. Tanya, it's taught in Ebraisa. Omar Rabiosi, Rabiosi said, There was an older person, an elder, who was a resident uh, who lived in Yerushalayim. He told me that there are 24 different types of boils. That's how we got into this topic because we were discussing boils in the last class about mumim, blemishes, and boils was one of the more severe ones. The chum say that with regards to all 24, it makes it very difficult to have uh, sexual relations. And the most extreme is referred to as rasan, which is a severe skin disease. Uh, which causes uh, weakness and uh, trembling, um, and it's worse. It's worse than all of them. Mimai hava. Uh, how does this uh, disease come about? The Tanya hikis dam v'shimish having lobanim v'sikin. Because the brisa says as follows: We have a brisa that if you do bloodletting and right afterwards are involved in sexual relations, you will have weak children that you shouldn't bloodlet and then have sexual relations right after. Hikizu shneim v'shimishu. What happens if both of them? The husband and wife, they both have blood allowing and then they have sexual relations. Have a little bun and bali rasan. It leads to their children having this very severe disease of rasan, this uh, very severe skin disease. And Umar Papa, Papa says, Rapapa says, this is only if he didn't taste anything in between. But if he ate in between, then it's not dangerous. What are the symptoms to this rasan, to this disease? Maisimane. His eyes water, his nose runs, drool comes out of his mouth, and flies are on him. Basically, flies are following him. Umayas, who say, what's the cure? Basically, you take a pila and a ladanum, the different types of grass, and a ground shell of a nut, uh, smooth hides, and mekel kamalka, and the calyx of a red date palm, and you cook them all together. Uh, you bring it into a marble house. It has to be a marble house so that there's no wind. There's no marble house. Uh, so then you do it with uh, into a house where it has thick, seven thick uh, bricks, uh, and then one small brick. Basically, uh, you cook them and you bring it to the patient. And you pour three hundred cups of this mixture on the head until his skull is soft, and then you open the skull, and you bring four leaves, myrtle leaves, lift up each time one foot of the insect that is found in the brain, it's, it's because there's an insect in the brain, and you place one leaf under each foot, 
and then you take it out essentially with tweezers. And then he burns the insect, because if he doesn't burn it, it'll return to him. Uh, that was that was the medical treatment that they had at the time, uh, based on based on this particular disease. Anyways, moving on. Machers Rabbi Yochanan. He's harum isvune shalbali rasan. This is now interesting. Rabbi Yochanan said, you have to be careful of these flies that are around this person who has rasan, because they carry disease, and it is contagious. Therefore, Rabbi Zer lo haba yosef bizike. Rabbi Zer would not sit in a spot where the wind blew from someone who had this. Rabbi Lazar lo ayel bi'olay. Rabbi Lazar wouldn't go into his tent of such a person. Rabbi Amir Ravasi lo haba achle bimbei dahayim bavol. Rabbi Amir Ravasi would not eat eggs from an alley in which such a person uh, lived. They would be very careful. However, interestingly, interesting, Rabbi Yishuv and Levi, Rishuv and Levi, mechrof b'hu v'asik b'torah. Rishuv and Levi would attach himself to them and they would study Torah. He said, Amar, ayelas ahavim v'yalas chen. He said that the, it says in Mishlei, in Proverbs, the Torah is a loving hind and a graceful uh, dough. If uh, Torah brings about chen, it brings about grace, certainly the Torah will protect from illness. Now there's a discussion if it will protect from illness because it's at the time that one's studying Torah, or perhaps it's because of his past study of Torah that he will be protected. It's the merit of the study of Torah that will protect him. Either way, this is a fascinating Gemara because it's saying that the Torah will protect against disease. It will protect against uh, contagious diseases and that if one studies Torah, one will be protected. Now, this is a major, major discussion. You know, what happens if there are diseases, whatever it is, COVID, or let's say there's a dangerous situation. Let's say there are rockets. Uh, God forbid it should never happen again. Rockets being uh, flown into Israel and one's driving, let's say, to give a class. That's a rabbi who's giving his shear to give a class. Is he allowed to do this? Is he not allowed to do this? Uh, well, according to Rabbi Shua, it seems like Torah will protect. Now, this is not so simple. There are definitely those who say that Torah will protect, and it's different than other mitzvahs. When it comes to other mitzvahs, if it's a dangerous situation, it will not protect, but maybe Torah is different. Others explain that, no, there's a situation where Rabbi Shua ben Levi was very unique. He was on such a high level, or perhaps it wasn't really dangerous, it wasn't really life-threatening, it would just cause a lot of pain. Um, and, uh, but, but we can't prove from here to all other cases. In fact, other Gemaras suggest otherwise that Torah, if a person uh, puts themselves into a dangerous situation, they should not rely on such miracles and Torah will not protect them. Uh, so this is a, a major, major discussion, but uh, some want to prove from here that we see that Torah does protect. Others say that maybe it's uh, somebody who's on such a high level as Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, but not everybody else. Either way, moving on, the story continues. Ki Avishachav, when Rabbi ben Levi was about to die, Amr Leila they told the angel of death, the Malachmavis, Zil Avile Ruse, go listen to him. Uh, he's a righteous person. And go and find out how he wants uh, how he wants to die. How does he want to die? They said that to the that they told the angel of death that. So what does he do? He goes. I'm relay. Um, sorry, Azal is Chazilei. So the Malachim the angel of death, goes and appears to him. I'm relay. Achvili duchtai. So Rishon Malevi says to him, "Show me my place in Gan Eden. In in, in Gan Eden. In uh, in uh, paradise or in the heavens." Or, or maybe it uh, sounds like a physical place. There, there are commentators who say that this is a whole story, not there's a deeper meaning behind uh, every aspect of this story. And perhaps he was asking him, show me my place, what's my potential? That perhaps is really about our potential in life. So he says, I'll show it to you. No, he says first, before you show me my place, give me your knife, 
that you used to kill people because I'll be afraid. Perhaps uh, on a deeper level, this is that uh, the fear of death sometimes is so strong that it prevents a person from really performing well in life. So Yavni Alei gives it to him. When they get there, uh, he lifted Rabbi Yeshua so he could see his place and he showed it to him. Rabbi Yeshua jumped and fell to the other side. He escaped uh, that area. Now, the angel of death, the Malach Mavis, grabs him by the corner of his garment. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says to him, I swear I'm not going to come with you. I'm not coming with you. Amar Kajibrichal Hashem says, Well, we have to see. Did Rabshua ben Levi, did he ever uh, request to undo an oath? If he has done that before, so then we'll undo this oath as well. And then he could go to his uh, resting place to where he'll die. And if not, if he's never actually undone an oath, so then we won't. Amar Lei, Havli Sakinai. In the meantime, um, the angel of death said to him, Give me my knife back. But he didn't want to give it back to him uh, because Rabbi Shubham Levi didn't want other people to die. Then a, a baskol came out. The divine voice came out and said to him, He said, uh, Give it to him because uh, he had, that's the job of the angel of death is to, to have people die. In fact, Eliyahu came before him and said to him, uh, make way for the son of Levi. He said it twice. Make way for the son of Levi. So what happens? Azal, Rabbi Levi goes. And Ashikhele, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. He finds the great Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. Sitting there. Pisa. He saw him sitting on 13 golden stools. Why 13? Someone explained that 13 is the gematria of Echad. Of Hashem being one. That Echad, one is a gematria, it's a numerical value of 13. Amrlei. So Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai says, Atu bar Levi, are you the son of Levi? You're Rabbi Shimon ben Levi? Amrlei, hey, and he says, yes. Yerasa keshes b'yamecha. So he asks him, have you ever seen a rainbow? We know that a rainbow, uh, perhaps uh, an abnormal rainbow, not during the times of, of after it rains, but uh, there's a whole discussion on that, but rainbows are, 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 are bad signs. So he asks him, I want to know if you were really a true Torah scholar and a great person, have you ever seen a rainbow? Uh, and if he saw a rainbow, that would be a bad thing. But Rabbi Shimon Levi says, Hain. He says, yes, I saw one. So Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says, no, then he can't be Yeshua. You're not Yeshua Ben Levi. Can't be. The, the real Yeshua Ben Levi would not, uh, would not uh, see uh, a rainbow. However, the truth is, is that Rabbi Shimon Levi was really uh, distorting the truth. He, uh, he never saw a rainbow during his lifetime, and he just wanted to say that so that he wouldn't make himself look like a righteous person. He did it out of humility. There's actually a big discussion. Is one allowed to lie uh, uh, for the sake of not showing off, of not of being humble? One, should one lie if, uh, uh, to prevent oneself from, uh, from uh, looking like they're a Tamachachim, like they're a Torah scholar? Um, so uh, we see, at least from this source, that he was able to distort the truth uh, because he didn't want people to see uh, how great he was that he never saw a rainbow during his lifetime. Okay, another story, another story. He was a friend of the Malach Amavis. He saw the Malach Amavis, the angel of death, often. When he was about to die, he tells the angel of death, Go and, uh, they, they told the angel of death, go and, and listen to him. Same thing, the angel of death appears to him. 
says, give me 30 days. I want 30 days to review my learning. He has to review his learning. Because we say, because happy is the one who comes here to Ganeidan with his learning in his hands, that he has to review his learning. In fact, the Maharsha, one of the, one of the commentators in the back of the Gemara, elsewhere says, what does it mean that he has learning in his hands? It means he has notes, notes that he takes with him. Uh, that those that, that he keep, he's able to keep that with him uh, in the next world. So Shafke, he leaves him for 30 days. He comes back after 30 days. He says to the angel of death, show me my place in paradise, just like what Rabbi Shubham Levi did. He says, okay. Same thing. He says, give me your knife, uh, because I'm afraid. Again, it might be referring to, show me my potential. He says to him, what, do you want to escape, just like Rabbi Shubham Levi was attempted to escape? You also want to attempt to escape? So he says, he says to him, I see Sefer Torah, Vachazi, Mika Midi Kayame. He said to him, Bring him me a Torah scroll and see if there's anything in it that I have not fulfilled. I'm just as worthy as Rabbi Shubham Levi. There's nothing in the Torah that I have not fulfilled. So he says, Amalai, Mikarta Babali Rasa, Visakta Batoria, is that really true? You did everything that Rabbi Shubham Levi did? Did you also um, attach yourself and teach Torah to these people who have this contagious disease of Raton? Did you actually do that? Uh, because that's what Rabbi Shubham Levi did. Because he was so great. Nevertheless, basically, uh, this um, didn't do that. He wasn't as great. Nevertheless, when he died, he was still very, very great. There was a pyre, pillar of fire separating him from everybody else when he passed away. A sign of greatness. Um, and this only happened only for one person in a generation or maybe two people in a generation. This was very unique. Uh, and it shows the greatness of Rabbi Bar Papa. Uh, because of this fire, they couldn't go near Rabbi Bar Papa. So they, they couldn't go near him during the funeral. So Rabbi Alexandria approached him, Omar, and he said, He said, it should disappear. He, says the, the, he said the pillar of fire should disappear in honor of the Chachamim. However, they did not listen. Uh, they didn't listen to him. They didn't change it. Make it go away because of the honor of your father, Lo of of uh, Rupapa, still didn't go away. In your in your honor, it should go away so that we could bury you. Histalik. So then finally, uh, the pillar disappeared. Amar Abaye, Abaye says the pillar of fire is lapuki miman de lokayim. It's to exclude him from being amongst those who have not even fulfilled one letter of the Torah. He's he's separate. The point of the pillar of fire was to separate himself from. The, uh, pub, from the public, from those who have not even fulfilled one letter of the Torah. Amalei Ravada Brahmasana, Ravada Brahmasana said, Lapuki Mimar, Dilo Islay, Makali Gare. It's to come to exclude him from somebody who did not have a fence for his roof, that it's there uh, for a fence for his roof. Velohi Mi Vahava Vahi Shaita Hudishadik Zika. He was trying to rebuke Abaye, but it's not true. Abaye did, in fact, have. Uh, a fence on his roof, but the wind just blew it off at that time. Anyways, that's a separate discussion about Abaye having a fence on his roof. Amar Rabbi to end off here, Rabbi says, going back to this disease, this contagious disease of Rasan, how do we know? What's the reason that we don't have these people who have this afflicted disease of Rasan in Bavel, in Babylonia? Because Babylonians would eat beets and they would drink beer, 
And so therefore, that prevented them from having this disease. Why is it uh, a separate question? Rebbe said, why is it that there are no people with, uh, as a mitzora, as leprosy? How come they don't exist in Bava? Because they would eat beets, drink beer, and they bathed in the Euphrates, which is all good for the body. And that's why they didn't have these diseases. We have now completed the seventh chapter, Mazel Tov, and we will continue next week with the eighth parak, with the eighth chapter.